0: It's one thing because of sin and shame to hide yourself. It's another when the Lord drives you from his presence. Right. That is a
1: horrifying thing. Hey, hey, welcome to the Live Like It's True podcast, where we talk through some of the most astonishing stories in the Bible and how to live like those stories are true. I'm your host, Shannon Popkin, and my hope is that these conversations will inspire you to better know the story, share the story, and live the story. Have you ever felt like hiding from God because of guilt over your sin? But what if, instead of you withdrawing from God, He was the one driving you from His presence because of your sin? That's so much worse, right? And that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve and to us. But as we're going to look at this heartbreaking story of two people who had everything and lost it all, we're going to also see some glimpses of hope for a way to return. I'm so excited to have my friend Kim Cash Tate with us today. Kim and her husband Bill live in Louisiana. Uh, They've got three grown children. She is a Bible teacher and the author of several books, including Cling, Choosing a Lifestyle of Intimacy with God. Kim is also a singer and songwriter, and she's created and written a scripted web series called Cling the Series. You're going to want to find all of the creative ways that Kim invites us to cling to God by checking out her YouTube channel and all of her social media outlets at Kim Cash Tate. So here's my conversation with Kim about scent from the garden. Kim Cash Tate. It is so great to have you with me today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for
0: inviting me, Shannon. This is just so awesome. I'm so excited about it.
1: Yeah, so you and I got to meet in person a few years ago at Mm -hmm. Revive Our Hearts, and I've just been following your ministry ever since then, and my goodness, God has done some amazing things.
0: Well, thank you. I've been following yours as well. <laughs> After that, it was such a unique opportunity we had to meet each other and and just to fello- fellowship over right. an extended time. And yeah. um, I remember we stayed in the same place yeah, and, we, we, were um, kind of and we were riding back and forth together, yeah. and yeah. so we got to talk, and that was such a blessing.
1: Yeah. Yes, that was such a uh, such a gift to us from Revive Our Hearts. I love mm-hmm. that ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, we're gonna talk today. Um, about an eviction story <laughs> in mm-hmm. the Bible, but, and I have not been evicted from my home, but I wanted to tell you kind of a story. That's a little bit embarrassing to me. I am no longer welcome to bring my dogs to a groomer nearby.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what yeah, A little, happened? Bit,
1: little bit embarrassed. Well, so I called to set an appointment and they said, they told me, no, you're no longer you're no longer allowed to bring your dogs. I was like, "Wow, what? What did I do?" And she said, "Well, there's a note that you, uh, you know, the way that you talked to the groomer last time was inappropriate." Mm. And I was like, what? "What did I say?" <laughs> oh, <my laughs> and then, uh, I was like, you know, comparing her notes with my notes or my memory, and I was like, "Well." Okay, w- all, what does it say? Basically what happened is I picked up my dogs and they had shaved my dog's ears and his tail and mm. I was just like, "Oh buddy." I said, "You know what? I said what happened? You weren't able to like you had to shave him? That never happened before." So anyway, I, apparently the groomer didn't like me saying that. On the basis of that you were yeah, evicted? I was evicted from my groomer. So I mean that and honestly Kim I did feel a little bit of shame about that. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, I, I feel, I feel embarrassed. I feel like mm-hmm. I've been punished mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, oh goodness. Like to me, it did feel disproportionate, but um, mm-hmm. it felt like, oh wow, what have I done here? I may have done something a little bit wrong, but the story we're going to look at today, I mean, I think it makes it so much worse when, when you have done something wrong. Yes and there's consequences. Mm -hmm. And this, I think this story that we're going to look at is one of the saddest Mm -hmm. stories, Mm -hmm. most heart-wrenching, just sickening stories Mm -hmm. of the Bible because of everything is going to be lost here. Mm -hmm. Everything, they're going to lose it all. Mm -hmm. So let's start with having you read Genesis 3, 20 through 24, and then we'll talk about what's happening here.
0: Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out. From the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life.
1: Okay. So this is just a devastating text. And, you know, I I often talk in this podcast, Kim, about how, you know, God could have just given us. Um, some ways to talk about sin and talk about h- himself, you know, share his character, but instead mm-hmm. he gives us a story. Mm-hmm. You know, we get this image of mm-hmm. this perfect couple choosing mm-hmm. to sin. And then we see, this is what happens when you sin. Yes. This is, these are the consequences. You're evicted, you're sent out. hmm Um, and Mm -hmm. so, so that's, you know, that's the story that is being told here, but I think it's kind of interesting that the first thing, so if we were to back up and read uh, the text that comes right after this, it's like Adam and Eve ate the fruit and then God gave them the consequences and then we're going to see them be evicted, but right kind of sandwiched in between Adam gives his wife a name. So I think (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. what, what do you think is surprising about that? What I
0: first of all what I think is interesting is he gives her the name Eve and it says because she was the mother of all the living but at that time she had not had any children yet right but based on what god had said to them actually in the curses that he handed down as a right. result of the sin he said that she would um her pain would be great in childbirth so They knew that was going to come and in pain, she would bring forth children. And he also gave a hint of the gospel in saying that um, to the serpent, he would put enmity between uh, you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise you on the head. You shall bruise him on the heel. So Adam heard these things that would be to come, that would come through his wife. And I think it's so interesting that, you know, he, and we know he named the animals (laughs) and there was found no one suitable. And now he gets to name his wife and he had to believe in what God was saying was to come. And so even though she had no children yet, he believed God, it was, it was um, sort of an act of faith on his part to say, you are the mother of all living. We don't, we don't see anything yet, but isn't that interesting that, they, because of sin, God had told them, if you sin, you will die, but he gives her the name that means life. Yeah. And, and that is, that's just so amazing that even, even in this aftermath where everything is blown up in their lives, that he would still give her a name that means life. Right.
1: Yeah. So several things interesting in what you just said. First of all, like, I think if I were reading this story and I did, had never read it before, mm-hmm. I would expect, you know, God coming to them in the garden and killing them. Yes. Right.
0: Yes. Because yes. he
1: says, if you eat them, eat it, you will die. You will surely die. You will surely yes. die. Like yes. on the day you eat yes. it, you will surely die. So, I mean, the fact that he's going to let them, physically live. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, I think this was spiritual death that was taking yes. place and these were the consequences, but, but then on the day of death, he calls her life. And, and yes. very, I think, yes. um, you know, I think this is an act of faith. You know, what is the definition of faith? It's believing something that you cannot see that God mm-hmm. has promised Hebrews mm-hmm. 11, you know, believing without seeing, mm-hmm. um, and I think you're right. You know, she's just, they, he finds like the silver lining in that yes. curse. He finds, yes. you know, she, these yes. are all the bad things that are going to happen. But yes. He but finds, that means, that that's means right. <laughs> yeah. there like, will be life. That's right. He's yes. holding on like, okay, your offspring will crush the serpent. Mm-hmm. That means we're going to have offspring. So because of that, I'm going to name her Eve. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, I don't know if all men are like this, but <laughs> my husband Is very forward thinking. Mm -hmm. He does does not want to dwell in, you know, I just want to kind of want (laughs) to wallow. I want to, I want to wallow. I want to just be sick over something that happens. And And he just wants to move forward. I don't know. Maybe is your husband like that, Kim? He is. Yeah. Yes. Maybe yes. that is kind of a, a guy thing. I, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he's he's like, you know what? We can't change the past. What we can do is look forward. Yes. We can cling and I, and that's a word that you use quite a bit. We can cling yes. to the hope that we have from what God has promised and that, mm-hmm. that's do you think that's what he's doing here? I, I do think
0: that's what he's doing. I think um and and I also think that how beautiful that as the husband who was tempted into sin and he even said, the woman you gave me, you oh, <laughs> right. tried to shift the blame, yes. but he is not casting her aside. He doesn't give her a name that, <laughs> oh, yeah. that would be an awful connotation. Right. He gives her a name that literally is life. And, um, and so I, I think that says a lot about his character at this point, that yeah. he hasn't given up all hope. Um, that name speaks hope as well as life. And I, I do. I think that he's looking, he's looking forward. He's, you know, God, he knows that God has cursed them. And at this point, he knows they've been deceived. What the enemy, what the serpent said is not the case. <laughs> and right, you know, he knows they've been deceived. And but instead of um, just giving up all hope, he is looking forward and he gives her a name that looks forward and with hope and life I just think I think that's a beautiful picture
1: that's so cool I was thinking too today like um she's named the mother of all living but he's not named the father of all living (laughs) like Mm -hmm. there's something interesting about that like the Mm -hmm. emphasis is on the seed that will come yes Yes. And this isn't, you know, the the emphasis is not on what Adam and Eve can do to Mm -hmm. rectify the problem. Yes. The emphasis is on what God is promising through this seed, who who we know to be Jesus. Like that's Mm -hmm. what what God has promised here is this Mm -hmm. seed. But even in that, even I mean, they don't understand the fullness the way that you and I do, because we have our whole Bible, right? Uh Uh-huh. But they're just clinging on to this one little hope that God yes. has set forward. Yes. The serpent's gonna be crushed and it's gonna yes. come through the seed. Yes. And uh, and so I mean, I just I I think that's exactly right. there's hope, right? Yes. But absolutely. right next, but right next to this hope, we have, you know, God making the next part is the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin, clothes mm-hmm. clothed them. Mm-hmm. Where do these, where do these clothes come from? And what's surprising about this?
0: Well, so what's, what, what I think is interesting is that when they first, when they sinned and they, for the first time, knew they were naked, their eyes were opened. They tried to cover themselves and they sold <laughs> the fig
1: leaves, made themselves loin coverings. And I have to say those fig leaves, like that was a good choice. Like I have a, yes. fiddle, a fiddly fig and I mean, those are big leaves. You yes. know? <laughs> that was a good, it was a good yeah. choice. I, I can like, see let it, let looking around for
0: ourselves.
1: That's right. But something to
0: cover us up. Yeah. But I just, you know, just God in his graciousness. So he made garments of skin. He had to kill an animal to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was the first death they had not seen an animal killed Mm. ever
1: right
0: and so he had to kill an animal so we're we're for the first time seeing a picture of atonement Mm. where he has he's covering them he's covering their sin but it's on the base on the basis of the sacrifice of this animal Mm -hmm. who did nothing wrong they're the ones who sinned but because he wants to cover them and what they tried to do to cover themselves was insufficient, just as what we try to do to cover ourselves and to atone for anything we've done in ourselves is insufficient. But we see this beautiful picture of God covering their nakedness there, which also is in a spiritual sense, their sin, not to say that um, all was well, they still had to leave the garden. Yeah. But, um, but that picture of atonement there, I think is, is beautiful in the midst of their sin that God is, is just gracious and he is merciful and he is loving. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just think that's so beautiful.
1: I do too. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we could make a list of God's character traits Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. that he is
1: gracious and he is just, and he is omnipotent, you know, we, we could make those. And this story kind of shows us what that means. Yes you yes. know, God is gracious here with yes. these clothes. And then we're going to see his justice here though. Cause they yes. can't stay, yes. they can't stay, but, but let's linger for a moment on his graciousness, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they, I don't, and I don't really understand completely how suddenly after they ate this fruit, their eyes were opened and they understood they were naked. Like, I don't, all I know is It's just a general consensus that nakedness is not okay (laughs) in public, right? right? My husband and I were driving uh, about a year ago. And he just suddenly said, he's looking in the rearview mirror and he said, Shannon, that man has no clothes on. (laughs) There was a man trying to cross the street and he had no clothes on and the police were chasing him. And you could tell by the way, the traffic was stopping all around us and people were turning, like everybody knew this was not Uh okay. It's not okay. okay. Streaking is not okay. And, And for some reason, before that point, it was, it was okay. It was, yeah, okay.
0: it was okay. They were not ashamed. There was no shame in it. Mm-hmm. That's right. So mm-hmm. something
1: has changed and they immediately know it. It's the first yeah. thing they do. They mm-hmm. go to cover themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God knows it too. He, he mm-hmm. somehow understands what they're going through here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this act of like graciousness, kindness,
0: yeah well yeah sin sin changed it so you know yes, they, they exactly. believe this lie of, of satan that you will you will know good and evil and what they what they found out was they now knew sin and shame and which is you know just the lie of the enemy you know you think you're going yeah. to get one thing when you're yes. tempted and then what you get is the sin and the shame and mm. all of a sudden everything is just you're, you're naked, um, which I think is interesting when you read through with the nation of Israel, and um, I believe it's in Jeremiah, where he's talking about their adultery, but he was he's given a history of how I found you and I clothed your mm-hmm. nakedness yes. and, and and just yeah. like just he's just a father who cares mm-hmm. and and he wants to take care of us and I just imagine in these verses in Genesis how his heart was breaking you know and then he, and then he sees them trying to cover themselves yeah. which he knows is insufficient He could have mm-hmm. just sent them out with you know do your best with those little fig leaves you put together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. that's not what he did because he no. still loves them and he still cares for them, even though they have sinned. It's beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah. He's trying, he's trying to make a way
0: for mm-hmm.
1: them to deal with the sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's several pictures there. Uh, I remember a story once about, re- I think I read this in a book, so forgive me that I can't the tribute to where it came from, but um, a woman was in a counseling office as a child and mm-hmm. she had been abused and and the only way that she could tell her story to her counselor was if she would go and hide, you know, hmm. if she could just wow. go and hide, like cover herself and hide, and then she could talk hmm. about it. And I think, you know, that's just, that's what sin does. It causes mm-hmm. us this mm-hmm. shame and this hiding from our creator versus yes. running yes. out to to run into the arms of our daddy, like Mm-hmm. We want to pull back. We want to. We want to cower mm-hmm. in shame, and so there's something really gracious about. And and I agree. I think there's like kind of both of those components of uh, of the gospel, in that Adam responds in faith. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. to
1: how to the seed that God is going to provide yes. and we'll crush but then there's also the atonement. Yes. Both are necessary. You know, they're they're both huge components of the gospel. Absolutely. But now we have God responding in in his justice Mm -hmm. Um, and he's going to send them out. So the next part is, it says, he says, then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil. Uh, Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. And he doesn't he doesn't follow or mm-hmm. I'm sorry. he doesn't finish the sentence. Right. Like, Isn't
0: that interesting?
1: Broken. It's like I think yes. it's because it's just such a horrifying thought. Yes. And it would be
0: horrifying because he would live forever in sin. Right. He
1: would live forever
0: in this state that he has found himself in. Um, so it's, it's it would essentially be a living hell.
1: Oh, exactly.
0: To stay that way, which again it's God's justice, but it's also his mercy.
1: <laughs> it is. it yes. is, right? Yes, yes. Because God, God knows what that would look like. We can't even mm-hmm. imagine.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Like I know. living forever. And I mean, I'm getting, I'm 51 now, and I'm starting to feel the pains of
0: uh, uh, Yeah, I'm the in decade. my 50s. I know. Yeah.
1: So, and I cannot imagine, like, just my body breaking down. But mm-hmm. even, even like, you know, living forever without redemption—like just think of yes. one, one oh little sin. Goodness. Like if sin is like a cancer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like forever being mm-hmm. eaten alive by sin. I, it's just mm-hmm. a horrifying. Is a horrifying. Yes.
0: Thought. Yes. Horrifying yes. Thought.
1: So, but um, back back up with me for a minute to this. Who's God talking to here when he says, behold, the man has become like one of us.
0: (laughs) What do you think? Well, we know the first reference to the us is back in chapter one, when he said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Um, And so we know from John one, when it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God Mm -hmm. talking about Jesus Jesus is here and part of the us, and we also know that the Holy Spirit is present from Genesis 1-1. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And right. so yeah. that us, that Trinity, um is right there, right there in
1: Genesis. Right. So so the Trinity was involved in creating the man. You know, yes. earlier, I think we talked about this earlier in the in the season where um God said, and God said, let it be, let it be, let it be. Yes. But here he's saying, let us make. So the the Trinity is involved. Like man is God's it's, it's the Mm -hmm. premium part of his creative work. He's created, Mm -hmm. he's created us in his image. And now the Godhead is deciding how to respond here
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and it's almost like they're having a conversation and we almost get to listen in mm-hmm. somehow because they're saying man it's almost like you know they're in the conference room and we're kind of waiting <laughs> to hear what's <laughs> what's gonna happen here yeah uh, and you know dialogue always reveals characterization so we're kind of yes getting, we get to listen in and and understand who our god is here it's it's an interesting concept that yes God is speaking and and again I don't know who you know I don't think he's not really talking to the man but the man is listening in somehow I don't know but uh but we get to hear God's thoughts here mm-hmm. and any anything that you find surprising about what God says here anything else
0: I think it's interesting that you know that the temptation of the enemy was that you will be like God knowing good and evil. And the Lord God says the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil, but it wasn't in the sense that (laughs) that the the enemy promised that they kind of thought they would be another God. (laughs) They would have the attributes of God. They would be sort of like like the enemy wanted to be like God. And so he's telling them he found out he couldn't either. (laughs) But now right. he's telling them they can be like God. Oh, that's um, a good
1: point. Yeah. What do you mean by that? He found out he couldn't either.
0: Well, yes, that he he had said, I will ascend to the throne. Right. I will be like God. And he Satan. got kicked, Satan, yes. and got kicked out of heaven and yes. a third of the angels with him. So he found out very quickly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is not possible. <laughs> there is only one true and living God. There is none like him. And so now he turns around and promises Eve that you can you can be like God. He knew <laughs> they could right. not because he had found that out. Yeah. And so he, he promises this. But when God says the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, we know he doesn't mean he's become, he's there's now a fourth member of the Trinity and right. he's like us. Yeah. But he experientially knows what he didn't before. He now he now mm-hmm. knows evil. He knows the difference between good and evil because of sin that has entered in and so if he if he takes from the tree of life as we were saying before he'll live this way forever
1: Mm, Uh, right yeah i i find that so intriguing i've thought about that before also how you know satan had this temptation to be like god and he was cast down because of his pride but then he approaches adam and eve with the same exact temptation right so he tries to get them you know he he does not come as a good-hearted neighbor. <laughs> He's not no, like welcome no. to the neighborhood, here's my welcome wagon. Deception. Yeah, he he wants mm-hmm. he, he comes with destruction mm-hmm. and death in mind. As and, Jesus
0: said, there is no truth in him.
1: Right? There's no truth in him. Mm-hmm. And so uh so he you know he promises this he, I wonder if they almost pictured that they would be like the fourth and fifth part of the Godhead, <laughs> right. right? You know, will right. be like God. And what did they think? Yes. And and so this knowledge has destroyed them. In my book, yes. uh, in my book, Control Girl, I talked about how Eve thought that her eyes would be open to something, and and they were. What she's seen mm-hmm. is nakedness. Like that's what. Mm-hmm. They, but they, but they so they did see something that they had not seen before. Yes. But it was sort of like looking at a solar eclipse. Mm. Yes you know, it blinded them, it blinded them, it it destroyed them, it destroyed their sight. And so from now on, they're going to look at good and it it looks like evil to them. They're going to look at evil and Mm -hmm. it looks like good and everything's going to be muddled and Mm -hmm. uh, destroyed. I remember Kim talking to a friend um, whose child had uh, found pornography Mm -hmm. um, on a device Mm -hmm. and the child, I mean, it was just this horrifying moment. Yeah. Of what yeah. the child had stumbled upon, mm-hmm. um, it was something. I mean, pornography is something good that has been completely contaminated mm-hmm. with people. You know, God designed sex to be good mm-hmm. and to be enjoyed within marriage as something good. Um, but but there's also a component that this was a child. Yes, and, and the child didn't even understand the goodness of sex, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. was seeing this contaminated, and it was just this horrifying moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's, that's sort of like, that's the way I picture this. Like they they've come to know things that they weren't designed to know.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's. They had lived under God's protection. Right. And, you know, we, it, people think of, you know, God gave them this restriction, but they had so much freedom, right. <laughs> so much freedom. Yes. And he was protecting them from the one thing that he knew would ruin everything. Right for them, and but they had so much freedom, and and um, to lose everything was, because of that. Because you, because you believe this lie that all that freedom wasn't enough. Is
1: right. One restriction. One, one restriction. restriction. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that this was this tree was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Like this distinction between good and evil, it's only safe when it's kept from us.
0: Mm, yes. And God
1: knows that he knows, he knew it would destroy them. Satan Mm -hmm. knew it would destroy them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here it is destroying them. And here it is. Right. And here it is. And so it's in God's grace that he doesn't allow them to take from this tree of life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In the last part of the Bible, we do see this tree of life again. Yes. Yes. So it's the tree that we will one day eat from. Yeah. Isn't that
0: just amazing? Yeah, that is just gonna, amazing.
1: We're going to eat this tree and its its leaves are going to heal us of anything, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that we need healing from. And we're going to live forever Christ because that we'll have access to this tree. Um, but God doesn't want for Adam and Eve in their state right now to have access to this tree.
0: Right. For their own good.
1: Because if that, yeah, if they were to live mm. in this state forever, it's just, it's too horrifying.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so what does God do?
0: He sends it's in, interesting is it sends him out, like the focus is on right Adam, but we know that it's it's both of them sends him out, them out, um which, as you said at the beginning, these last two verses, where it says he's the, the last verse he drove him out, the man out, is just the most heartbreaking verses Isn't when it? you think about the fellowship they enjoyed mm. with the Lord being able to walk in his presence talk with him and now they have to go out from this place that he had given them to enjoy. Right. It's just it's just so sad. I just can you just picture them leaving?
1: I just I just can't I just can't it's just sad. Do you think I mean the word first it says he sent them out. The Lord Mm -hmm. God sent them out from the garden and then he drove them Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm. drove them out i mean mm-hmm. i I picture them were they clinging to the trees were they
0: <sighs> and you know what's interesting is right after they sinned in verse eight, they hid themselves from the presence of the lord which which I also think is one of the saddest verses mm-hmm. in the Bible that you mm-hmm. actually you you who have enjoyed his presence are now hiding right. from the presence of the lord but It's one thing because of sin and shame to hide yourself. It's another when the Lord drives you from his presence. Right. That is a horrifying thing. You know, Mm -hmm. just you are not allowed to be in my presence
1: Mm.
0: anymore. Not the way, not the way we enjoyed fellowship before you have to leave. That is just heartbreaking.
1: They probably took it for granted. Absolutely. Right. Just enjoy. That's all they knew. Yeah. Enjoying this garden, enjoying paradise. And I mean, God creates us and he creates the world for our enjoyment. So this place had to have been. Yes. Fabulous. Right? Yes. And, and enjoying uh, their. He planted the
0: garden for them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he fashioned himself for them. Right. And, 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 you know, when the serpent says, you will Satan, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Can you imagine if they had had any hint of you will actually be driven from mm. the presence of God? Right. <laughs> not only will you not be like God, you will be driven from his presence. Mm. Like he never he never tells you the truth of That's what right. is going to happen That's um, right. when you sin. But it's just it's just a horror, horrible story
1: just a, but I think it's a, uh, an appropriate story for us Absolutely. to see ourselves in, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: They were driven out into the wilderness and all of us, to some extent, we live in that wilderness. We're all mm-hmm. longing. We're all longing mm-hmm. for this garden where mm-hmm. God lives. Like we're, mm-hmm. that's really the ache in our heart, all of the disruption yes. that we feel. Mm-hmm. There's just this innate longing that we have. And, you know, when I picture God's, dwelling place. Sometimes I, I picture a church, but I think maybe a garden is a better image, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Things and a sanctuary and birds chirping and water flowing. I mean, I think that's the dwelling that God created for himself.
0: Yeah. And, and we are the temple right. of the Holy spirit. So mm-hmm. we, we are his dwelling place we are. yeah, um, on earth. And, and I love that you're right, we We need this story. We need to understand what happened here so that we can appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and mm-hmm. as a result, being able to come back into his presence and mm-hmm. abide in Christ, which if we didn't have this narrative, and we, if we didn't understand the consequences of sin and shame and being driven from the Lord, we would not appreciate right? the sacrifice of Christ and well, our Savior.
1: We wouldn't. If God was the kind of God to say, oh, well, you know, we'll let that go. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't be a good God, would it? No. <laughs> I mean, obviously, no. we know because that's not what God did. And He is the definition of what is good. But um, the story, the way that it unfolds, We're, we're learning something about ourselves. We're learning something about our God and we're learning Mm -hmm. something about what he intends for us. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. he intends is that there would not be separation. Yes. And so he creates the separation so that we understand we understand what he designed for us in the first place. You know, if yes, um, we, we cannot be in his presence in our sin. And so they had to be driven out because of their sin. Um, and then this last part, uh, he drove out the man at the East Mm -hmm. of the garden of Eden and he placed the, the cherubim Mm-hmm. So an angel with a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. I mean, I, I'd like to see this sword.
0: <laughs> I know, as well but, as the cherubim.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So what? What's surprising about that? What's interesting to you about that?
0: I think it's interesting that whenever we see cherubim, it um, the cherubim are always surrounding the throne of God. Um, they were on the Ark of the covenant. Um, yeah. they were in the temple on either side of the Ark, And, and of course in revelation, they are those living creatures that are right by the throne and they're worshiping the Lord. And so to see the first mention of the cherubim here with the flaming sword guarding the way to the tree of life, is just,
1: right. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. um, it's just, it's, uh, the a... Just one of those
0: pictures that you just, you just can't even get your head around.
1: Yeah. I wonder if there's a little regret even in these angels being posted. I mean, obviously there's regret because they can't get back into the garden. They're mm-hmm. being driven out and this mm-hmm. angel is protecting. But originally God had given Adam the instruction that he was uh, to work and to keep the garden. So mm-hmm. in, in that word keep is like to protect the garden. And Adam hadn't had not protected it. He right. had allowed the evil one to penetrate, to infiltrate, mm-hmm. and all was lost. And now he's he's sent out, and he's told now he's going to work the ground, mm-hmm. but he lost that job. Yes, of keeping the garden. Now this this uh, terrible is bomb. going mm-hmm. to keep it to guard mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I just oh that kind of makes my heart sick that Adam. Lost that? Yeah,
0: he lost, lost everything at that. point He lost his
1: job. You know, yeah. I'm mean, thinking of a ma- a man who, like, this is the most important work he could possibly do is keep the garden where God's presence was, and he lost his job. You know, no, that, I won't
0: say I said he lost everything. I won't say that he lost everything because I do believe that he he had his faith at yes. this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Praise God. But, praise God. But there are consequences to yeah. sin.
1: Yeah there are consequences. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that, uh, that cherubim and how he guards the, the tabernacle. I read somewhere that, um, The cherubim guarding the tabernacle were like 15 feet tall and 15 feet wingspan. Like they were huge. Mm -hmm. You know, these replicas of Mm -hmm. cherubim guarding Mm -hmm. God's presence. And I'll bet this angel was pretty big too.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) And the sword. So you have the cherubim itself. But now he also has a flaming sword. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is nothing getting past. And I mean, angel. maybe
1: maybe the cherubim doesn't have eyes on every side of his head, but the flaming sword, it, right. <laughs> it can turn every which way. I mean, I every don't know. Direction. Oh I, my I, goodness. I picture it just, ooh, you know, moving mm-hmm. to guard the way. And, you know, so there's just a somberness here, isn't there?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Being driven out. There's no way back. Mm-hmm. You can't get back to what you've lost.
0: But, you know, there's a somberness at the same time as we see the glory of the Lord in giving the gospel in the midst of the somberness. We see the gospel. We see his goodness. We see his mercy. And we know that there is hope. We know that this this serpent, Satan, who seems to have won and they, they are now having to leave the garden he will not have. The final word. Him, his, he won't. His defeat has already been foretold mm-hmm. in this beginning of Genesis. And so we praise God for revealing that because he didn't even have to reveal that in no. this early in the yeah. Bible. <laughs> he didn't have to reveal that to yeah. Adam and Eve and give them hope um in the aftermath of their sins. So we we see that glory, we see that hope, and we see the light, mm-hmm. but we do see such somberness in, um, in what happens to Adam and Eve because we, our hearts just break because we know that their lives will not be anything as it happened.
1: Yeah, yes. So both are true. This is a somber, it's a heart-sickening image, but yet hope has been laid out. And there yes. is there is going to be a way back into that garden. There is going to be a way back to that tree of life. hmm So Kim, what uh, false narratives do you think this story corrects?
0: I think one, one false narrative is that we can clothe ourselves. Mm. Um, The market is filled with self-help books and um, just earthly wisdom as to how to clothe ourselves, to make ourselves better, to mm-hmm. make our lives better, right. um, even even in the um, Christian market, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, of books and and such. Um, right. But there's nothing that we can do to clothe ourselves. We have to clothe ourselves in Christ. The yeah. Bible tells us, and so I think that um, that that's a false narrative. That this paint they they tried it. But God in his goodness said this is just not good enough. Let yeah, me know. Those let me leaves, do that for you. <laughs>
1: girl. Those leaves are not gonna
0: <laughs> I, I'm really the only one that can clothe you. <laughs> and then yes. I will do that for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? That's a good, that's a good reminder for me because I think, you know, you and I are both authors and speakers. Mm-hmm. And I often have to remind myself, like, wait, this message that you're giving, let's make sure that you're not giving the impression that we can better ourselves.
0: Yes. Because
1: yes. really there's, on our own, anything we try to add on, it's just filthy rags mm-hmm. in God's mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot produce righteousness, but one day our mm-hmm. God will clothe us in the white robes of Christ. And mm-hmm. we'll gather at that marriage supper of the Lamb. And so, yeah, I think that's that's really good. Um, any other false narratives you think this
0: correct well there there's always this false narrative of the god of the old testament being so harsh and hard mm-hmm. and yeah. um and so as we've been saying on one hand you could look at this narrative and say oh he sent them out and mm-hmm. i mean wow and then he puts the cherubim up and they can't <laughs> but yeah. this corrects that narrative because we see the mercy of god we see mm-hmm. the grace of god we see yeah. the loving kindness of god And we see the hope that he gives in this narrative of a savior is coming and the way to the tree of life will once again open. And and that's a false narrative that always gets me too, because I just love the Old Testament so much. And this is so much about Father God in the Old Testament that Mm -hmm. um, we see his heart and, um, and he is a God of justice and he is a God of holiness and righteousness, but he is also a God of mercy and love and grace and compassion. And we see all of that in this,
1: in these few verses. Yeah. Yeah. How do you personally see this showing up in your own life when you're seeing God as the one who drives us out, not the one who makes a way for us to come back in?
0: I often think about these verses as a reminder of the privilege that we have in Christ To come Mm -hmm. into his presence. Yes. And I think that we can take that for granted and not spend time in his word, not spend time in prayer, Mm -hmm. not spend time Mm -hmm. in the presence of the Lord um, when we have that privilege in Christ.
1: Right.
0: And um, and this this shows like this is what happened with Adam and Eve but that is not our reality in Christ. <laughs> we yeah. don't, we, so we sometimes hide ourselves from the presence of the mm, Lord. Right. If if something happens that we might be ashamed of, or we're just thinking, you know, I haven't really been in the word. And then that, then the enemy tempts us to just kind of hang back. Cause you know, yeah. you, you haven't been seeking the Lord. So, you know, just keep over here, you know? <laughs> and right. and we, we can tend to hide ourselves from the presence of the Lord, mm. but we have the privilege in Christ of clinging to him and when I often turn to these verses um to be reminded of that privilege and that invitation because it doesn't have to be so
1: it's so true in our uh Easter series we talked about how that curtain when Jesus died that curtain was split in two and it was a thick curtain and you know what was on that curtain embroidered was the cherubim Uh, you know protecting God's presence and so that has been split there is a way for us yes. to enter God's presence we don't yes. have to hold back we don't have to cower in our shame yes when we sin you know rather than trying to hide it mm-hmm. trying to withdraw from him Run, we need to run to him. A way Amen. has been made. You know, the atonement of Jesus's blood has taken care of our sin, so that we can enter his presence again. Uh, so, any other thoughts on how we can live like this story is true? This story that, on one hand, we've been driven out from God's Amen. presence; we all are living in the wilderness, longing, still longing for the Garden of Eden. But on the other hand, there has been a provision and a way to return to God. How can we? How can we live like this story is true?
0: I think we live like it's true by clothing ourselves in Christ,
1: mm-hmm.
0: knowing that that he has made that atonement available for us and we have believed and we are in Christ. And so clothing ourselves in Christ, allowing him as Galatians two twenty says to, to live like we are crucified and that Christ lives in us in the life that we now live in the flesh. We live by faith in him. I think we live like it's true by, by um, taking that, atonement, but making it real by letting Christ live Mm -hmm. through us. And also, of course, I'm going to say by clinging to the Lord, because we can come into his presence and daily have an intimacy with him. They had an intimacy with God in that garden, and we Mm -hmm. can live every day with an intimacy with God. We can walk with him and talk with him, and we can spend time with him as they did it's not exactly like they did in the garden, but right. but in Christ, we have that privilege. And, um, and I think we have to live like it's true by every day, enjoying that intimacy, every day walking with him, every day talking with him, because there really is no better, there's no better existence because anything that's going on in our lives, our lives are going to be hard. It's going to be filled with um, tribulation and trial, and we're not promised that we're going to have a feel good life every day, but what we can have every day is the presence of God Mm. and his joy, his peace, his strength. And those things are full in our lives when we are walking with him on a daily basis.
1: That's so good. Yeah. I think, um, I can, I can (laughs) lean one of two ways. Sometimes I am surprised at hardship. I forget, mm-hmm. I forget I'm still in the wilderness. You know? mm-hmm. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that something bad happens. Like the, that, you know, images of death pop up in my life. Somebody has yeah. cancer. There's yes. a divorce. Somebody, yes. the dog groomer won't let me come <laughs> back. <right? laughs> you know, I'm, I'm surprised at, you know, just these things that pop up in life that mm-hmm. remind me like I'm not in the garden anymore, yes. right? And I also lean another way where I forget that I, a way has been made. Mm -hmm. I can return to his presence and I can cling to him. And so living like it's true is, is both enjoying the provision that God has made now, but also I think hoping for that future restoration. Yes. Yes. That will come to be.
0: We do have that future hope that we,
1: and we cling to that as well. That's right.
0: (laughs) We cling to that future. hope. So
1: one day In heaven, Kim, I'm going to say, "Hey, let's go take a walk and let's share some fruit from the tree of life." Yes, is it a date? To do that, it is a date. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, I look forward to that day. But thank you so much for spending this time with me. And oh, this was amazing talking about this beautiful but sombering passage. I appreciate it so much. Yes, yes. Thank you so
0: much. This was a blessing.
1: Thanks for joining me for this true story of the beginning series. I hope you'll take some time alone with God and with your Bible open to Genesis 1 through 3. Drink in the true story for yourself, this true story that you're in. Let it reframe your story with the truth. To help you work through this narrative, I've put some tools together for you in my free Live Like It's True workbook. The workbook is particularly designed to help you work through the narratives or the stories in the Bible. It'll help you sort through how the true story of Genesis 1 through 3 refutes the false narratives in the world. You can find a link for your free workbook in the show notes, along with links to some of the various other resources we've been mentioning and recommending. Many of these resources are actually written by our guests in this season, including Nancy Guthrie, Mary Cassian, Courtney Doctor, and more. Are you enjoying this podcast? If so, would you be willing to rate and review? This helps us widen our reach and helps us to serve others as they're able to find the show. Also, if you have questions or ideas for me, I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to my producer, Maria Lyons, and my son, Cade Popkin, for providing all of the music that you hear here on the show. And thanks most of all to you for tuning in. It is my joy and privilege to serve you. And now it's time to go live like it's true.